0: Just saying, I'm here, it's all okay, you know, your, your emotions are not a threat. I'm just, you know, I'm and just being calm sends such a message, you yeah. know, you don't have to say, I'm not scared of your feelings. Being calm around them when they're absolutely breaking down sends more messages than, you know, we would ever say.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Way podcast, your go-to place for all things fun, happiness, well-being, growth, trust and diversity. I am your host, Melissa Fidelli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthier self and live life the happy way. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the show. Today we have Tammy, who is the founder of Happy Fan Bam. And if you are a parent or planning on becoming one, this episode is for you. Happy Fan Bam is tools to raise resilient, mindful, and compassionate kids by assisting parents to strengthen their child's emotional resilience and in return, make parenting a whole lot easier. Tammy understands that it takes a village to raise children and she wants to be a part of yours. So let's get into today's episode because we have so much goodness for you. So welcome, Tammy. Hi. Thank you for for coming on.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Of course. So to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, what your qualifications are and what your offerings are at FanBam. You have some amazing products and services. So tell
0: us a little bit more about them. Sure. So, yeah, I'm Tammy. My, I guess my qualifications would be I've studied psychology and social work. So technically that would be it. To me, that's not really my background in what I'm doing, but it's funny, people message me on Instagram. They say, oh, they want to see if I'm legit. And they say, what are your qualifications? I'm like, well, technically that's what I've studied. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I'm basically right now what we're offering is something, it's basically a tool to set up in a corner of your home where your kids can go when they're experiencing any kind of difficult emotion. And it helps them navigate their way through all the healthy steps of emotional processing it can be hard to know you know they've got these really intense feelings and what do they do with them what are they you know who do they talk to what do they talk about what are you know what order the steps need to be in and then there are these extra tools on mindfulness and gratitude and social skills and yeah all sorts of things there's a lot to be launched actually really soon it's i mean i thought it would happen now ish but very soon there's a lot coming so
1: amazing Amazing. What was your personal journey into motherhood like? Is that kind of what branched and stemmed this idea to start this business? Yes.
0: Yeah, so when I had my first kid, um, Emily, mm-hmm. she I was living in Israel at the time and I was, you know, away from the feeling of being home and it was just so incredibly difficult and I felt like I was just winging it and I would try and learn as much as I possibly could you know, from people like Janet Lansbury, who basically founded the whole concept of respectful parenting. And then I liked the whole, you know, brain biology side by Dan Siegel and all these different things. I just tried to kind of learn as much as I possibly could. And so what I realized was that I was kind of drawn towards a few key goals. I wanted to help them develop their emotional resilience. that was a huge thing that mm-hmm. I was you know really focusing on. I wanted to help them be authentic. I don't want to, you know decide what I want for them in their lives. I just want to be a source of support in helping them act and feel in line with what is their true self and you know being as in touch with that as possible. and also just to help them develop strong sense of connection with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just what I've naturally been focusing on for the last six years. And I've kind of taken all that information that I've learned, added, you know, my beliefs about what I think is really, you know, the key things that are important in life and from everything I've learned from having Emily, my daughter and Noah, my son. And it's just kind of all fallen into everything that has become Happy Fan Bam. Like all the, you know, the little posts on Instagram, and the tips and the mm. tricks for parents and the, you know, the products that I'm building. It's just it's basically just, it's not, you know, like I said, it's nothing to do with the fact that like people think it's important that I've studied psychology and social work. It's just not, it's that I've been living and breathing the goal of raising resilient, authentic, kind kids over the last six years. So.
1: Yeah. You have that lived experience you know what it's like you've raised children yourself and you just want to share that learning with other mums and new mums and mums that have been mums for a long time and yeah so with your business are you offering a service or are you offering a product or is it kind of a mixture of everything
0: at the, i mean i'm going at such a snail pace cuz i just i mean i have no yeah at the moment it's it's there's one product there's the compassion corner Um, and I, I really want to actually, a few people have messaged me and said, "Will you do some kind of parent coaching or mentoring. And I really want to do that. It's just, everything's just taking me a long time. I mean, anyone who who has kids will know that like, you feel like nothing gets done, but yeah, yeah, that is the goal. Beautiful. It's just, but before that it will, it will basically be, you know, a lot of tools for kids to manage their emotions and be mindful throughout their routines and things like that. And then Mm. I guess when I'm kind of happy with where the products are at. I'll start doing some coaching or yeah. something like that.
1: Beautiful. So what is emotional resilience and how do we increase this in our children?
0: So I think, you know, a lot of people might think that kids who are emotionally resilient, they don't maybe react with, you know, strong emotions. Maybe mm. they, they go through difficult situations and they it doesn't affect them. That's not the case at all. They do react and, you know, they feel it all, which is the healthiest way to be is to feel it all but they're able to bounce back from difficult situations and you know moments of discomfort and i think a big part of that is that kids who are emotionally resilient don't see that they don't see their emotions or their difficult feelings as a problem mm. and it, you know there's this analogy that i use with my kids it's the cloud analogy i mean it's not i didn't make this up it's just a a known analogy that you say that you're like the sky and your emotions are the clouds And when you feel something, I'll say to my son, he'll say, you know, he'll be expressing something. I'll say, you know, there's, is there an angry cloud above you? And he goes, yeah, there's a really angry cloud. And, you know, we talk about the cloud and then he tells me how the cloud is passing and it's going away. And they see, I mean, firstly that creates a sense that their emotions are separate to them. They don't feel like I am an angry person. This is going to stick with me. It's like, I'm experiencing this emotion and watch it's passing and my emotions are transient. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's the whole, the whole feeling of I can get through this and I can deal with, you know, I this is not an issue. Mm. This is just something that is difficult right now, but I can do it. As parents, the foundation of their emotional resilience is the quality of their relationship with us. Mm. And I think a lot of this depends on what they feel they can express around uh, to us, how much they can really be themselves and the kind of messages we send them that is kind of implicit in our reactions. Mm. Like, you know, the best, the most well-meaning parents might feel like, oh my, my, you know, my kid's not happy, I need to fix this. But I think there needs to be effort on our behalf in getting comfortable with their emotional discomfort and with their difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. Because if we have the mentality that we need to fix what they're experiencing, we need to fix their sadness, we need to fix their anger. Inherently, this, impli- this implies that there's something broken in them And truly there's nothing broken in a person who feels sad or a person who feels angry. That's, I mean, there's this quote, I wish I could remember who, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't remember who said it, but it says, um, that, you know, crying is, is the healing. Mm -hmm. It's not the hurting. So some, you know, something has happened that's hurt them and they're getting it out and that's how they heal. Mm -hmm. And so when parents come from a place of, I need to fix this, it kind of implies that, you know, there, there is a problem with their emotions. And I think, you know, that takes them back to feeling almost stuck with them. Whereas if we were able to, you know, imply that there is nothing broken and, you know, they you just have the feeling of this is actually healthy, you know, they're crying, they're getting it out. How great is this that my my child feels comfortable enough to really be themselves and get it all out and be authentic and, you know, they they feel what they're, exactly what they're supposed to be feeling, that's more, I think the healthy mentality that parents should be coming from and how resilient, you know, would you feel as a result? You know, if someone has that, what, what does that teach you? If someone, you know, is witnessing you in like your most extreme emotional scenarios and they're looking at you and they're, you know, they're empathic and they're, they're just with you and they're supporting you and validating everything you're feeling. I mean, what does it tell them? It, say, it says everything you're feeling is normal. It makes sense. You're capable of getting through this. You know, it, it it's the most validating message anyone can receive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So really just being there with them and accepting their emotions as they are. You know, there's, like you said, no one's broken. There are no issues. It's just, yeah, comfort and being there.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So children have so many big emotions and feelings that they don't always know how to deal with. And I'm sure as parents, it can be equally just as hard. So what are some tips you would give to the parents in those situations? You know, when there's crying and there's tantrums and it's it can be a lot, I'm sure, especially if you're exhausted, it's been a long day, um, there's so much going on. What tips could you give to a parent in those moments?
0: Like I said, like, kind of acknowledging that there's no problem going on. And just, mm-hmm. I, I think the responsibility lies in just being the calm and maintaining the calm in themselves to balance the lack of calm that's going on within their kids. Yeah. And, you know, when kids have any reason to block feelings when, you know, people might say stop crying or they might sense that someone's so uncomfortable with their feelings it's not that it makes the emotion pass in any healthy way or it takes it away for them and it makes everything better. It just blocks things. And it, you know, it blocks it from kind of getting through. That's why people say, you need to, you need to get through this. You don't need to go around it. You need to, you you will get through it. Mm. And when you block it, it makes it manifest in, you know, in unhealthy ways. It doesn't, yeah, it's not helpful. So parents kind of just need to, um, focus on really being calm and supportive and really loving their kids through all their their yeah. emotional expressions and and you know if there is any kind of resistance to that within them like if they feel angry when their kids are sad or they feel they they there's any barrier to them being calm and loving and empathetic while their kids are emotional i guess that lies within that that's the responsibility of the parent to to mm. with that themselves and that's just one of our responsibilities but then you know apart from that there's i think it's important to teach kids how to be present you know when things are becoming overwhelming for them about you know i sometimes teach my daughter about like breathing techniques yeah so sometimes you know i think just teaching them different tools are really important you know you can teach them the importance of taking a break when they're feeling overwhelmed you can model your own ways of dealing with your emotions, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, say, I feel, you know, I, I, I feel overwhelmed and I, I even just using the words, you know, expanding the emotional vo- vocabulary and then say how it feels in your body so that they can understand the connection between, you know, their feelings and their, their body and mind body connection. And they become familiar with it through your experiencing experiences, because your modeling is really what teaches them the most. And then you model your own self-talk. You say, you know, I feel overwhelmed. I feel this in my body. I know I'm going to be okay. Maybe I need a few minutes to, you know, sit down and do this breathing thing. Or maybe I need whatever you might need. And then, you know, it teaches them that they are entitled to take what they need and they, you know, to to prioritize that for themselves and yeah. to acknowledge how they're feeling and just prioritize them with whatever it is they mm. need. And I think, you know, how we react to their feelings also develops a lot about their inner voice. So apart from modeling what we might ideally, I mean, sometimes you need to fake it till you make it. Like yeah. you might say, you, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to prioritize yourself, but you might say, you know, I, I am important and I deserve this and I'm going to take this break and whatever it is, but the way that we react to their emotions, I think we also have to be mindful of, you know, we don't want to, react to them in a way that gives them the message that you know their emotions are too much and it's a burden on other people and they're not allowed to express it or you know but rather to send them the message that when you are feeling something come to someone and you know express it and you will be met with support and love and that's you know that's the message that they tell themselves and they bring into adulthood and they go and they become an adult and they You know, they or even like a teenager and, you know, they have all these like difficult, you know, years or whatever, and they don't think I need to keep this in because it's too much for other people. It's more I'm going to go to, you know, to seek help if I need it, because that's what is going to that's when I'm going to be met with the most support and love.
1: Yeah. And I think what you're saying that really does break that stigma of not being able to get help because, you know, I think there is that around seeing someone or speaking to someone and opening up about your feelings. It can kind of mean in a sense, I think we've told ourselves, oh, that means I'm broken or that means there's something wrong. Whereas it's actually not that at all. It's such a strength to be able to feel what you're feeling and, and, you know, make that connection of, okay, I'm not feeling good right now, but there's nothing wrong. I just need to either speak to someone or I need some time on my own or or I need to do something for myself, which is going to help me heal and help me process this. So, It's such a great way, you know, as a parent to model that to your children as well, because I guess everything does start at
0: home and it does start from such a young age. Be careful of of how you speak to your kids because your voice will echo within them for years and years. Mm. So it's almost it's like it's a lot of pressure, but it's also kind of you can see it as a bit of a blessing. Like you can really choose the kind of messages that you send them. Mm. What you want them to be telling themselves, you know? Do you want them to be telling telling themselves when they feel something? I will be okay. It's okay that I feel this, and it feels so bad, but it's gonna go away. And you know, or something, you know, I made a mistake, and I feel bad about it. But you know what? Mistakes are allowed. And you tell them this over and over as they're growing up, and suddenly that's what they're telling themselves. And whether it's, it's not always something that you have to verbalize. It's an implicit message. It's, yeah. it's the way, you know, parents are lovingly responding when their kids are, when the per- kids are having a tantrum, you know, instead of saying, stop, 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 like, you know, actually just saying I'm here. It's mm-hmm. all okay. You know, your, your emotions are not a threat. I'm just, you know, I'm and just being calm sends such a message. You yeah. know, you don't have to say, I'm not scared of your feelings being calm around them when they're absolutely breaking down sends more messages than, you know, we would ever say.
1: I think in life in general, if you meet something, a situation or a person with anger, you're going to get more anger back. You know, it's never really the solution to a problem. And especially with young children when they're they're so influenced by the behaviours of people around them. I think, you know, like you said, being calm and being compassionate and being kind is is the best way to go (laughs) but they really catch the calm they really
0: catch it yeah Mm. yeah
1: so tantrums screaming and all the waterworks all of that how do we best learn to manage that and is there a way to kind of reduce that i mean I'm, i'm sure that's a very uh weird question to ask because, I mean, it's the million dollar question, I guess, but would it be more so your reactions, I guess, with what you're saying and, um, you know, accepting that and that in turn would maybe reduce those tantrums or, I don't know, I'm just going off of what we've said so far, but what's your
0: advice on that? I kind of feel like the only way we should manage it is within ourselves. I just okay. think it's, it's our responsibility not to be swept up into mm. this storm and also to understand what kind of situations make us, you know, easily triggered by their emotions and to yeah. kind of do the work behind the scenes. I mean, I go to therapy once a fortnight just yeah. to kind of not because not because we need to do the, the work beside, behind the scenes so that we don't allow our issues to become their issues yeah i see my role as you know when it comes to my ch- children's emotions i just want to be the safest most accepting place for them to come and express what's going on and they you know a place where they can always know that i will love them unconditionally but at the same time they don't need to worry about me because yeah. they, their emotions don't overwhelm me. And I think that's more where the work needs to okay. be more than, you know, ch- I don't think we should try to shorten their emotional expressions or their tantrums or, mm-hmm. or make them less frequent or, you know, it's more, it, it can almost be a like, you know, there can be a certain mindset sometimes when you know, one of my kids is really, even if it's a difficult, it's not easy to be around a kid who's kind of like breaking down and crying and, you know, is really upset about something. But if you kind of think to yourself, I am such a trusted place for them, they feel so comfortable doing this healing thing for themselves. They feel so comfortable being completely who they are. They're not, they're not blocking it. They're just, you know, that's, it's kind of, you can see it in some kind of positive way. You obviously don't want your kids to feel anything that's Mm-hmm. uncomfortable for them. But if you try to see it like that, I think it's an opportunity to reinforce important lessons for their whole lives. You yeah. can see it as an as a, you know, a difficult opportunity, but it's an opportunity to, you know, to teach them how to deal when they're older, you know, like we said, like, you know, building their positive, healthy inner voice and to, to think to yourself, you know, I'm going to show them how to go adult, into adulthood and how to be able to feel capable and manage whatever's going on. And this is the way to do it. You know, I I don't have to feel like my kid should not be upset. They should not be angry. They should not be sad. I need to do the work within myself to see this as an opportunity to teach them and to help them know that they should always get it out and never, you know, block it. And I'm Mm. the way to do that is not to block it myself and not to, you know, tell them not to cry and not to feel Mm that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you really are their role model in every way. (laughs) So parenting is a really tough gig. What tools and advice can you give to any parents that may be listening to support their own mental health and really avoid that burnout?
0: So I think it's important to remember that you can't really encourage your kid to have a certain priority for their life without prioritizing it for yourself Mm. and if you want to you know you can't yell at a kid to speak nicely you can't wear yourself down to nothing ignoring all your needs and then expect your kids to grow up respecting their own needs and I think that needs to be the absolute you know I think it's very common for parents to just put their kids first and ignore everything that you know they need and even lose touch with what it even is that they do need but that kind of needs to be the absolute guilt-free motivation to figure it figure out what it is that parents need and what makes them thrive as people because no one can really you know kids don't need Pinterest perfect parents they Mm -hmm. need parents who are you know, who are happy in their lives and who are calm and who are thriving themselves. And no one can really be who they, you know, parents can't adopt the principles they want to adopt and to be their most patient selves without attending to these things. It's like a kid who, you know, a lot of the time you say, you, you know, you see a kid who's maybe behaving in a way that they know they shouldn't. They're throwing something or they might be like, you know, doing something that they know is, I mean, I don't like this label, but just out of ease, I'm just going to say like naughty things. Mm. I think it's, it's important to look at the kids and, and think it's not that they're trying to do something wrong. They're just struggling emotionally underneath. And it's the same with parents, you know, parents who yell, they're impatient, they're, they're burning, they're burnt out. They don't have the time to kind of even you know if their kids are upset to kind of sit down and think of the best ways of dealing with it it's not because they don't care no. it's because you know they they just yeah they just need to attend to their own emotional needs and yeah. to you know really work on that for themselves mm. in order to be the kind of parent they want to be and that just needs to you know, that can be, like I said, like the guilt-free motivation to look after themselves and for your kids to see you look after yourself. I mean, that's, it's doing them such a favor Mm. because you can't like you, you know, it's much more powerful than saying to them, you know, for your whole life, you need to look after yourself and look after your physical needs and your emotional needs and, you know, put time into yourself. If they see you doing that, that's what's going to make them Mm. prioritize that for their whole lives.
1: Yeah. So by that, you mean, you know, taking care of your physical health. So whether that's going to the gym or eating healthy foods and, you know, seeing a therapist if you're stressed mentally. And are they the kind of ways that you suggest, you know, parents kind of give back to themselves? That's self-care in a way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was absolutely, I was, I didn't want to mention specific things just because I didn't want to generalize what, Mm. you know, everyone might need, but those, I guess those just are things that would, you know, benefit everyone. (laughs) Even with therapy, I go to um, therapy once a fortnight and I used to say to my daughter, um, I'd say, oh, I'm going to an appointment. And I, I didn't really tell her what it was. And then recently I thought, why am I hiding this from her? Like, yeah. It doesn't actually a really good thing for her to understand. Absolutely. And I said to her, you know, those appointments that I go to on Tuesdays and I, I explained the whole thing to her. Mm. And, you know, I think it's important to know that you don't have to be a depressed person, an anxious person. You don't have to have like, you, you know, going through some kind of trauma to, to really benefit from therapy. I remember awesome. a friend of mine in Israel said to me, it just stuck in my mind. You know, those sentences that stick yes. in your mind. You yes. know why. So she said, therapy is a luxury. It's not something that, you know, you need to do out of desperation. It doesn't imply anything about And I think it's important for kids to know that because then, you know, they grow up and they think they they just prioritize looking after themselves mentally, not when they're in crisis, but just as a, you know, you don't only go to the gym if you're overweight. You go when you're healthy to maintain that. And I think it's the same with anything related to mental health and just to, you know, expose them to that from a young age, I think can be really helpful.
1: Absolutely. I love that. It is a luxury. It's something, you know, same as going to the gym. It's same as eating healthy or, you know, doing your skincare routine, all of these things. Therapy and, yeah. and taking care of your mental health is so important and it should be up there with all of these other great things we often do for ourselves. So I love the openness that you have with your daughter. That's That's great. That's really going to help break that stigma and get rid of the shame or whatever it is that people feel when it comes to Therapy, which shouldn't be there at all. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. So, what is something you do with your own children every day that has become a non-negotiable to support their emotional well-being? So, I'd really love for you to touch on some of the tools that you use every day that anyone listening can take from this episode, and then they can apply that to their life and to with their children as well.
0: I mean, I've
1: thought something
0: that. think about quite a lot is how much of our life is routine yeah and so what I really try to do is find moments of connection in the routine instead of robot I mean this is not a word but I'm going to make up a word. that's fine go for it (laughs) instead of roboting our way through the routine and kind of thinking okay now this needs to be done this needs to be like bang 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 kind of you know the kids will wake up in the morning and me and my son will just scream for me but my daughter will kind of walk into the room and I I'm thinking to myself oh, we're so late you know go brush your teeth through all these things yeah. and I kind of pause look at her I mean I'll pick her up till I physically cannot she'll be 20 I'll be picking her up I pick her <laughs> up and hug her and hold her and say how did you sleep you know good morning I love you it's so nice to see you and just to insert those moments of connection into the routine mm. um because I think it's those moments of connection is what makes them resilient throughout the day. And it's what there's other moments like that. Like sometimes, you know, my kids will actually argue about the seat in the car that I can reach because when I stop at a traffic light, whoever's in that seat will just hold hands. Yeah. And it's like a really nice just to it's it it kind of seems like, oh, but that's such a a small thing, but it's just not. It's like you know really finding ways to connect when you're you know you're rushing through the morning routine or whatever it is and yes yeah, so i would say that's one thing i also try to balance everything that they experience from the hecticness of their school day during the week really balance that after school you know usually we try to go we can go to the beach like that's the ultimate or yeah. to a park or just to have quiet and you know we hug and read books and just Something to balance the, the, you know, the, all the lessons and the, you know, kind of like the lack of, lack of freedom, but in a sense, I guess, lack of freedom that they've been given in the day of what they need to learn. A big part of that is also, my husband's much better at this. He'll say, he's Israeli and he'll say, let's go to the nature. (laughs) (laughs) So on weekends, he'll kind of just say, you know, it's nature time and we'll, we'll go, we'll go to whether it's like a national park or we'll just find somewhere that's not, you know, busy with people and just the effect of nature on kids. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's so well-documented. It's, it's, you know, it's such an important thing for their mental health and it calms. I mean, I don't think my kids, like any other kids have tantrums, they have all of it, but I don't think it ever happens when we're, you know, when we're somewhere like that, when we go Mm. camping that's another thing that is is more, you know, I can give all the credit to my husband. He makes us do all that kind of thing. I love that, yep. I do, yeah, he's really got the, like, Israeli caveman inside.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's good.
0: Yeah. No, it's actually incredible. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's incredible. And I, I don't think there's been one time that they've had a tantrum or, mm. you know, really kind of been completely dysregulated when they've been in one of those scenarios, because it's yeah. just such an enriching, calming, you know, it's such an important thing for their mental health. Yeah. I'll add another thing. We, we kind of, we make everything into a bit of a game. Like kids, mm. I think play is their language. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, I I want to know about what they did that day. If I say, Oh, tell me everything you did, they'll say, No, I don't want to, you know. Yeah. But then if you make it into a game and you say, Okay, let's play truth, truth, truths, and a lie. You tell me truth, truths, and a lie about your day, and I'm gonna guess the lie. And it's suddenly a game and suddenly they're so into it and they're telling me yeah. so much and you know, or we go, we'll have dinner together and they won't sit at the table. And I say, okay, let's sit, set the table for your Lego toys. And they get so excited and they get all the Legos and they get these little plates for them and everything. Like we kind of just, the day is very playful mm-hmm. and that's just, it's kind of like speaking, it's speaking their language. It's, yeah. you know, and they really respond to it. I also think, you know, I mean, I mentioned this before, so, but I won't, it's kind of, you know, modeling my own healthy processing of things, how I stay present, how I might respond, like, you know, just um, what you said about things that I, you know, things that have become a habit to support their mm. their emotional well-being in the day. Just, you know, when I have maybe an, uh, some unhelpful thoughts that, you know, circling in my mind, I'll say, oh, I keep thinking this, but, you know, is it true? Like, I don't, I'm going to let go of this thought because it's not true. And, you know, I, I kind of model these, these strategies for them. And I, I might, you know, tell them something that like a gut feeling that I have and say, my, my intuition is telling me this and, and really get them to understand what that means and, and um, the importance of intuition and Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just listing maybe too many things. No, it's great. It's all good.
1: (laughs) The more the merrier because I think, you know, if someone listening, something will resonate with them and then they'll want to take that with them. So it's great. I think all of these practices that you do, uh, yeah, they're just little examples of so many ways that you can really connect with your children and, you know, Show them that it's okay to have all these emotions and feelings, and that they are loved and cared for. So, yeah, I think each of the examples you've given have been really, really beautiful. So, yes, thank you. I'm sure anyone listening will love to use those in their day to day life and experiment with their own children. So, yes, yeah, yeah. I think we've covered a lot in today's um, episode, and it's been really interesting. I'm I'm not a mum. I hope to be one day and i i just love hearing um all of this information and all of these tools and resources because it just makes me think okay how can i you know raise beautiful children that are resilient and that are strong and um, that can accept their emotions. And yeah, it's it's very interesting. So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. You're doing some incredible things um, with your business. And I, I really love your Instagram. You you share some really great infographics on there, which is so helpful. So anyone that that is listening today, where can they come and, and find you on social media? And, and what is your website? All of these great things. <laughs> the website
0: is thanks so much for that <laughs> that's <I'm> okay <laughs> the website is happyfambam.com
1: mm-hmm. we're gonna put all your <laughs> <home> <laughs> handles in the show notes and then everyone can click on them and come and find you but yeah you're doing okay. some great things so thank you so much for all of your time today and sharing all your wisdom with us we really loved it and appreciate it
0: Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank
1: you. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye.